For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to Tuesday's delayed edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. I'm your co-host, Joel Alconan, along with Mitch Hoach. We have Triple D buried in the trade cave here. So it's going to be me and Mitch today. Let's take a look at what's going on. We got a tech wreck on our hands, maybe because SoftBank unwinding positions, huge overnight range, more problems for Boeing. Tesla left out in the cold, uh, not being added to the S&P 500 Breaking news on General Motors and Nikola Motors, NKLA trading up 35%. Uh, as we're going to talk about the futures, our lower rollover on Wednesday. And then we have the all-important triple witch a week from Friday. So we got a lot going on today, folks. Sorry for the late start, but we are going to catch up here. Let's take a look at what the S&P 500 futures are doing as we speak. Huge overnight range. We dipped on Sunday night, came roaring back. Pre-market high, 34.47. That's right up near our weekly number. I don't think we're going to get anywhere near that today. Pre-market low, 33.73. We hit that just moments ago. But what we're interested in is Friday's low. That's 33.47.75. We rallied 100 points off that. That's our lowest low since August 12th. So a lot going on in the S&P 500 futures. Uh, crude hanging out at $43 for way too long. Now in the upper middle, $37. Cool. Down. I don't think it's pulling up yet. It's still not pulling up. Anything? Nothing on, on YouTube. Um, it says that we're live on the Zoom, but it doesn't say we're live on YouTube. Um, I don't see anything on the stream. I was trying to wait a second to see if it was just uh, it loading says up. going live. I see it on there. Good morning, traders and investors. Welcome to... Tuesday's delayed edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Joel Alconan here getting a little bit uh, frustrated with Zoom here this morning as uh, a lot of problems connecting to YouTube. Uh, Mitch, how you doing this morning? Hey, another wild one. You know how it is. It's just uh, battling with a little technical difficulties to start, but we're ready for the market and, and getting ready for another wild market day. All right. I don't know where our folks are. Are hopping in with us. S and P futures are trading down fifty six handles. So, Mitch, why don't we uh, why don't we just get to the news here and start for the try and find the reasons uh, for this sell off and uh, let's take a look at some technicals. Let's take a look at the news. Where would you like to start? All right. So, first of all, let's start on with the report that pretty much came out over the weekend about the shares of SoftBank dropped as it was identified as the big options buyer making a bet in the billions on tech stocks continuing to search. You know, that really big bet, it, it might have uh, turned out to be at the wrong time. And uh, with them and the unwinding of the position supposedly last week, that that accelerates uh, something we've talked about. Uh, Mark Chaikin knows a little bit more about it, but the unwinding of the gamma trade, uh, and that is uh, volatility, adding volatility to the markets. Uh, also, uh, let's just uh, we'll talk we'll talk Tesla here for a moment and. Uh, not being added to the S&P 500, uh, the street, leaning on that, waiting for that to happen. That has not happened. Tesla trading on the lows of the session of the pre-market low right here, right now, continuing to make new lows as we speak. 
What do we got? We'll have to go to the daily charts. I don't know if the dailies are even going to do us any good here um, in this market, but we're trading right around the 356 level. And I'll get both charts here on the 60 minutes so we can see that. And 355.70, we'll keep sinking here. Uh, let's, what do we got on the dailies? Do we have anything on the dailies here to lean on? Uh, boom, boom. Nope. Uh, next number I have, folks, for the daily, uh, psychological, maybe 350, and that's just because it's 350. It's a round number. I'm seeing your next two daily lows coming in at 334.57 and 325.33. So let's split that. Let's say maybe 330 could be a landing spot here for Tesla this morning. Uh, but just straight down, not much to say. Mitch, you want to you wanna take a technical look at uh, Tesla and see uh, if you can find anything on your screens that might help our investors this morning. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I like that 330 price point you're pointing out. Um, you know, we had that other run. Um, you can use the resistance in that level and find that bottom. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be looking to try to get some positions back into Tesla as it's been down about 30% since that split. And uh, they anticipate, but what about selling the rip, Mitch? I mean, it's not always buy. You got to be two-sided in this market. Uh, yep. Buying the dip, selling the rip. Where would you, on a rip today, where would you be uh, wanting to short Tesla? Yeah, to short Tesla today, I'd be looking for that break of that 400 price point. You know, I think that 400 price point is going to be very important. Um, you got to look out, and I like to use the VWAP often. So uh -huh. look for it to break that VWAP, and then look for that bounce to come back, and then look for the, the tape to get heavy there, as you'll see the short sellers. You think we'll get up to 400 today? Yeah, I I think okay. I think we, we we're gonna get a, a quick bounce into the open. Um, you you can see that first kind of resistance touch. I always look for those kind of what I call the three rule. So the three tests of the support, and then it should come up and test resistance one more time. If it doesn't get past that that resistance, I think we'll go back and we'll test the bottom again. And if we test the bottom again. We know how the market's been reacting. Yeah, as of I, I think I have to jump ahead of you a little bit here. And I'd say a lot of people would be just happy to see yesterday's low at three, or that would be Friday's low at 372.02. That would fill the gap. Friday's close way up there at 418.32. You may get your 400 shot at this, Mitch, but I don't know. Pretty heavy tape here. I don't know if you will see that. Uh, let's uh, let's just continue uh, with uh, supposedly one of SoftBank's other big positions, uh, and that would be Apple here. And uh, Apple is trading in the red here by $6.88. Uh, that's the bad news, folks. Uh, but the good news is, is you haven't taken out Friday's low. No, no have the S&P 500 futures. So I think this would be a big key for the market today. Uh, we'll Apple come down, I believe it was 110 and change. Uh, 110, what was your daily low yesterday in Apple? It came in at 110.89. Don't get too faked out, folks. So if you go through that 110.89, there is a couple areas here at 110. I believe there was four consecutive lows in this area surrounding uh, 110. So, you know, don't, don't be too faked out if you like you hit that 110 89 they slam it under 110 and then they do the old undercut in rally and apple so that's taking a look here at the big boys futures continue to sink this morning continue to make new pre-market lows as we speak current low 67 and a quarter folks we're not uh if you're looking at trade station we're not down 65 handles they're marking it up from the uh that fluffy close that you had at uh, 1 p.m. yesterday. Our actual close from Friday was 34.17.50. So not as bad on the screen as it looks. What else do we need to cover, Mitch? All right. So I'm also seeing shares of Boeing down as it's sliding as the FAA probes the manufacturing flaws in the 787 Dreamliner. 
Dreamliner is still a nightmare for Boeing. Shares are down 455. Uh, this stock has tried to rally. Hit a brick wall at 180 last week. Trading on the lows of the pre-market session. And we are looking at a low, uh, daily low. Well, 163.01, folks. You haven't hit that yet. You're actually trading in the area of a low that you had on August 5th. So we'll just take a look at the lows after that. 166.40 uh, is where August 5th, I mentioned, and 163.01. You get a slippery slope, though, if you take out that 163.01 possible 10 buck drop here to 153.41 that's what you're looking back on the dailies here in boeing in trouble in today's session yeah this is one that i'll be uh looking for that pop into that 169 area Ooh, a little bit um, closer I, I like that 169 area on this one you can see multiple tries to get above that number um, i think if it tries to get up there and fails one more time yeah you'll definitely get that breaking down uh, Friday's close are not too far away, 171.05. So uh, the low from Friday, or excuse me, yeah, wow, 160. So we haven't hit Friday's low yet. So on a relative basis, you know, things are Apple and um, Boeing are holding up above Friday's lows. Can't say the same, though, for Tesla. Uh, on the upside here, 171.05, that's the mark. That was the close. That'd be a lot of 170, 171. That coincides with uh, that 169 level from Mitch. S&P's hit 65 and a quarter, a little bit of a five-point bounce here uh, at uh, 16 minutes into the show. Yep, definitely. And a surprise news of the day, definitely coming out of General Motors, taking a 11% stake and a $2 billion in equity in electric truck maker Nikola. As we all know, Nikola has been on our show. And wow, what a news this morning. Yeah, it sure is. And, uh, you know, the world has been waiting for GM uh, to do something here. Uh, this is definitely, definitely some big news. Uh, let's take a look. We've got a lot of things to look at on this. First, we need to look at uh, General Motors getting a nice boost this up $2.18 or 7%. Folks, keep in mind here. This market is down 1.8%. This is a huge, this is a monumental move for General Motors. Something you have, it, I can't remember the last time uh, the stock has done this. So into a negative tape, you're getting a nice pop. The question is, will that pop hold? Will General Motors be able finally to get 35, let alone 40. I know we hit 45 and change and then higher than that at all time high back in uh, late 2017. But right now we want to keep an eye on the pre-market high, pre-market high, 32.80 in the 15 minute bracket before that, 32.75. Uh, New York stock, I don't know what paper there was at 33, but very important day for general motors to get up hold these these levels and continue uh the big recipient up 50 percent but starting to fade a little bit nicola motors just got over 54 dollars this was uh mitch and i were doing the pre pre-market show 54 37 i don't think we're going to see that level again folks i mean you've backed off Eight bucks, six bucks, eight bucks at 46 since that, that happened. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to pick an intermediate level in between there. 50 fills the gap. Uh, you did have a gap down. I think that was on earnings. So, hey, I look at 48.31. That fills the gap from uh, July 20th. Psychological $50 level. And, hey, if we really get going, I wouldn't I – wouldn't, Wait for that 54.50 pre-market high. I'd be out there at 54. But the fact you're eight bucks off that high means the fade is on. Where to buy this thing? You did get down to 40 after you hit 54. So there's some wild trading here. Based on the 15-minute chart, 40 looks like support. And we'll just call that, that uh, gap fill at 48.41 resistance for now. Big move, though. Great to see. Uh, Mitch, what do you, what do you think? Um, what do you think? You think this is going to help the other EV cars? 
Well, I, I companies. Well, I definitely can kind of look back at the way that everyone was even thinking about GM. Um, they were thinking that they were going to step up in this industry and in this space, and you see them already stepping up. So what this could possibly do is definitely give interest to the other kind of EV makers, especially kind of the cheaper ones. Um, some bigger companies are going to be looking to invest. So companies like Shill, Workhorse, um, they, they definitely could start getting some, what we call that, that lagger move, um, that sympathy play. So definitely going to be on watch today. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look at that and see how that is panning out here. That was something we're looking at. Are there sympathy plays in this or is this just a one-off here? And, uh, I think when I looked at this initially, let's start with NIO, right? And I O trading down a buck oh five. So not a sympathy play here. Uh, 16 bucks that low on Friday's area of interest here. Nowhere near that, but a uh, big bounce off 16 currently trading at 1694. Uh, we don't know if Spencer got stopped out of this one. Uh, that is trading down a buck 35 bid move on Friday bounce up. So you might want to figure halfway back here. Um, on this trade, you might already be there. Uh, you had an all-time high in this, if you're trading this one, 58.66, 19 point move, so call that nine. Yeah, 48.49, big area, traded down to buck 35. Uh, I'll, I'll use the close on this one. Let's see if we can go green. Uh, close at 50.35 on Friday, 50.75 on Thursday. There's a couple big closes in the $50 level. I'm sure a lot of people like that as we got closer to 60. So we covered uh, that. That's um, that's a SPAC for Halcyon. Is that the name of it? And then, and then what is the Hillion? And then um, – what are the other ones? How come I can't think? Oh, Workhorse. I mean, that's a little bit of a different category. This could be bad for Workhorse, right? Because uh, Nicola may be step, you know, stepping up to the plate, getting the manufacturing. This is one thing I, I've talked about for a long time is these, and I thought Tesla would eventually do it, is, you know, get some, you know, if you got the technology for the cars, get someone to manufacture it, get it out there. Uh, so their sympathy plays not so sympathetic today here in the uh, electric car sector. As uh, boy Tesla continues to sink here, continuing step down seller here uh, in Tesla. We're down sixty six dollars. Just continue to make new lows on the pre market session. Let's take a look at that Tesla chart. That three thirty level may be here before you know it, folks. Uh, continuing, continuing lower here in the pre market. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just to add on to what you were talking about, uh, GM, uh, they definitely are going to be supplying their parts. Um, that's what part of the uh, strategic partnership is about, is uh, their safety tested and validated parts and components are going to be shared with Nikola. So this is going to definitely push them forward in their timing. I know a lot of people are concerned with uh, Nikola's timing of their trucks and if they're going to be able to meet their productions. And I think this is definitely going to help. So definitely EV driver today. All right. Uh, what's up next on the hit parade? All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a look at uh, some some possible earnings that are going to be coming out tonight. Uh, we have Lulu, Lululemon. Let's see how that chart looks. All right, Lulu uh, got sacked with the downgrade on uh, on Friday, correct? Uh, so you had a you had a weak market. You had the downgrade. It's trading down another nine forty one this morning. Let's see what thing you like to see, uh, especially on on days like this with the markets moving. And a $350 stock. How much volume is there, right? And uh, it's down on a couple thousand shares. That just means that no one's really big has stepped up to the plate yet. And I think uh, if, you, if you have some shorts out there um, in this, coming into the report, I mean, this is a pretty, pretty nice gift here, down 941. I uh, don't have the actual market in here. So what Triple D would add here would be like, where is it bid? Where is it offered? You know, for not necessarily for size, but I'm just looking at the last, in the last 15 minute bracket so far here, 
only 1,200 shares are traded. So you don't want to like be staking the farm on something like that. Uh, level's just not quite as relevant. But what you want to see in this one, and I'm just going to harken back, this is pretty much the same. And we're seeing this across the board, folks. And I know that, um, you know, Mitch, you're talking about buy the dip. This is definitely a buy the dip opportunity, uh, perhaps. But we're looking at Friday's lows on a lot of things. Tesla did take out Friday's low. Apple has not reached Friday's low. So 345.97, I'd be licking my chops if it got down there. If I had a short position going into the report, who knows how things you know, are going to react. So far, we've had a pretty good um, earnings season. The retailers are doing pretty, you know, have had some pretty good numbers for the most part. So keeping an eye, is there anything else we have at 345? Just a little confluence here. Yep, we had um, two other daily lows on August 13th and 14th at 346.27 and 345.03. So that's what we're looking at after the close, Lulu. Let's see uh, Let's see what they do to it in today's session. And then who else has, um, has earnings after the close? We're also going to have a, uh, a stock that is continuously used by Benzinga, Slack. Right. Uh, and uh, whew, that was really getting going with the market. Right. And just got submarined here ahead of the report. Now, this sold off very hard off the last report. Now, I don't know. Was there any analyst actions or anything? Uh, 35. Someone stepped up to the plate at 35. Uh, those are your highs from the first and the second of the month. But you know what? We're not going to see 35 today. We may not see 35 for a while. So we got to look at support here. And we are coming. We are down 84 cents at 28.23. And you were down here. I believe this was in the $27 area. Uh, this is I'd be looking at this one, folks. Uh, the 10th, 11th, 12th, uh, three lows. 27.53 to 27.57. You also had a low at 27.85. You're not too far away from there. Several lows in the same area. Big move. We've dropped, you know, seven, eight points since Wednesday. So that's an area I like um, just the whole day. I, I'll keep an eye on that. Watch out for the undercut rally. You know, also if they take out that low and come back above it. Uh, Triple D is uh, in the trade cave, folks. He has uh, a lot of positions on. He's trying to work out of those positions as we speak. He may try and join us at the end of the show, but uh, these, are, these are huge days for him, and um, he is working out of some major positions. or Not major positions, but he's just trying to work his book here today. What else you got for me? All right, I got one more. You'd probably be interested in this one. So uh, news coming out of Peloton. The exercise equipment maker is cutting the price of the core exercise bike by 24%. Um, and it's also adding a cheaper treadmill and a pricier version of its bicycle to its lineup. Uh, the CEO, John Foley, also said that the company has been able to cut down on order delays. Ah, boy, oh boy. Uh, full disclosure, uh, I've owned this thing. And not only have I owned the bike, I've owned the stock for a long time. Uh, man, it got top ticked by that analyst. Uh, I can't remember who slapped that $105 price target on it. Uh, holding up okay relative to the market. Don't they have earnings coming up too? Uh, I believe so. Let me go ahead and check oh, it yeah, out. Yeah, take a look at that, boy. I'd love to see a pop of this ahead of earnings. Uh, once again, we're looking at the, uh, you know, nowhere near Friday's low. Now, I know we kind of we kind of went into a, um, a uh, you know, a deep slide midday on Friday, and uh, no one really stepped up to the plate in a lot of these stocks. So here you are, the market, you know, 20, 30 handles away from that low on Friday, and a lot of stocks that we're talking about are nowhere near those levels. So that low on Friday, uh, comes in way down there at 72.11. I don't know if you're going to get to see that today, folks. Uh, the close, um, 80.63. Uh, that's your big level there. Can can it get green on the session? I wouldn't go to Friday's high as the next potential resistance level. Instead, I would look at the close on Thursday. 82.28 uh, for Peloton. And then I'd love to see a bounce here. I'd love to say, hey, that low's in at uh, 72. And what was the high? The high back was, is it around 92? 
Yeah, 20, oh, 82 is halfway back on this move. Also, that close on Thursday, man, oh, man. Um, yes. Uh, I'll be tempted there. I'll be tempted uh, to uh, – I'm going to sit it out. This is in the long-term account, so not going to be making trades in this one ahead of earnings, Coin Collector. Well, what do you think about them uh, actually reducing the price in the bike, trying to make it a little bit more affordable? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, that's 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 a, a question <laughs> a question to ask, really. Um, you know, making less money, but can you sell more units? You know, I right. think that's going to be very important. Um, you know, they got earnings coming out on Thursday, so we'll after the close. So we'll definitely keep an eye out on this one. Ah, uh, boy, there. I, I read some stuff for some big expectations on this. So, man, it you know off the reports. Just don't know. I mean, getting a cheaper bike, yeah, is a good thing. Uh, are people making more affordable? Well, I already bought my bike, so I don't know if I'm going to get a rebate on it. Um, I don't know. It's really hard. I can't to determine whether it's a good thing or bad thing. I'll just let the technicals, uh, you know, do the battle in this one. And I'd sure like to see this thing back above 82 and holding 82 uh, for the long term. Uh, SoftBank is not trading. Uh, no, I actually... There's an odd lot went up, but that's an OTC bulletin board trade. Can't really tell you much about SoftBank. Uh, you know, are they out of their positions? There's a lot going on with that. Do they have more to sell? A lot of a lot of information, uh, you know, still unknown about that company. Little bounce in Apple. We did talk about 350. Not that there was a daily number there, but a psychological level. You know, 350. Haven't seen 350 in a while. Where'd we get to? 35081 uh, pre-market low, getting a little bit of a bounce here, as well as getting a little bit of a bounce in the S&P 500 futures, hit 65 and a quarter, trying to recover uh, pre-market highs, I mentioned. It's way up there at 34.47, and uh, boy, we, did, we rallied off uh, the bottom over 100 points on Friday. Let's see if that feat can be replicated today. All right, and one more before we bring on our guests. Like always, uh, like always, guys, definitely hit the like down below and support the channel. Um, let's go ahead and hit Disney here. Uh, they got upgraded to a buy from a hold from Deutsche Bank after they succeeded in the land grab phase. Um, as many know, Mulan coming out over the weekend, a direct-to-consumer offer. Um, I've talked about this with kind of AMC um, and kind of the movie theaters and the new direction uh, these kind of production companies are going to take and going to direct-to-consumer. Ah, boy, oh, boy, this is a tough one. Uh, trading up, you did trade up even higher. Boy, that 135 couldn't get there. Uh, Pre-market low or pre-market high comes in at uh, 134. Let's take a look. Uh, there is some shares being thrown around here. Unlike the Lululemon, I see maybe 20,000 shares being traded. Uh, once again, all about the open for this one. I mean, it's up on a day when the market's down. Right now, I like, I'm looking at uh, the, uh, the range from Friday. So support, obviously, at that low, 129.42. Let's see what happens at one, if we get back to 135 again. And I don't know if we're going to. I think 134 is where perhaps some of the institutional offers are looking, uh, not having to book open, but just looking, hey, you hit 134, boom, you backed off, boom. You hit 134 again, boom, you backed off. Hit 134 again, you backed off. So I think my point is made here, uh, important for this to hold. Not the greatest day to get an upgrade, bucking the markets, but let's see how long that can persist. All right, is uh is Mr. is Mr. Shaheen uh around? So we should we bring him on? Uh let me let me go to my controls here and see if Tricky Nikki has arrived and he has. Uh we are gonna promote him right now. We're gonna promote you to a panelist, Nick, so you can share your charts if you like. Uh Mr. Shaheen, can you hear me loud and clear? All right, I'm here. Hey, good morning, Nick. Uh, we are on the line with Nick Shaheen. He is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Topsy-turvy day here in the markets, Nick. Uh, overall, 
I know you've been getting a little bit cautious up here on the rally, not really trying to pick uh, pick tops or anything, but a little bit more cautious on the long side. Uh, what do you make of today's uh, carnage in the markets? Um, it's still within range of what happened over the weekend. So uh, I had, uh, you know, off my phone, I was trying to keep up with, with the gang in the chat room and I put in that we should look at the edges that happened. So 33, 47 and change on the bottom, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And there are a few, a few levels on top. Uh, the one that sticks out the most was, <clears throat> excuse me, 34, 49, 34, 50, let's call it for a round number. That was a pretty peaky fail. So anything in between is fair game and they tried to maintain the in-between and they lost it. So they retested the high overnight and they're retesting the low. So, so far, all this mess, plus or minus 40 points is within the forecast that I had right off my phone over the weekend. So no surprises. And after a violent week, we should expect a pendulum swing. Uh, also, um, you have uh, the rollover of the futures contracts on Wednesday, right? There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of stuff that um, that is above my pay grade. So I, I think, I don't know if I talked about it last time I was here, but two Wednesdays ago, I saw something in the market that I've never seen before and occurred another when, the Wednesday thereafter. So last Wednesday, it also happened. So before the close, I said, I'm missing a piece of the puzzle on buying VIX calls. That was Wednesday. And we all know what happened on Thursday. <clears throat> when when I'm missing a piece of the puzzle, I get nervous. And when I can't explain things, I I just protect myself or at least try to take a trade on that. Explain that. Uh, you okay. Know, yeah. Can you, and also, Nick, I promoted you to panelist here. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So if you want to do some uh, screen sharing, uh, you can sure. do that. You can Let's do that see. as well. We got my charts up there, but I know your multicolored charts or something. Somebody else people- is sharing screen, so I can't do that. Um, I'm going to allow all panelists to share. Try it now. Well, okay. It says somebody else is sharing. Ace. Okay. Oh, okay. Let me. So somebody uh, needs to stop sharing. Yeah, just stop it. Okay. I stopped sharing. Okay. There um, we go. It's fun to share, though. That's what you, you learn in school. You're supposed <laughs> to share. And now Nick's telling me not to share. All right. Go ahead, Nick. All right, hold on, hold on. Let me find the right screen. I don't want to share. Oh, yeah, right? you don't want to. Porn. I don't want to share porn. No, oh. <laughs> sharing is caring, but not that sharing. Okay, so are we on? Do you see this? Yes, sir. Okay. Um, usually I watch the S&P. This is the S&P, whatever, two-hour chart. And I also watch the VXX, not the VIX, intraday. And I watch them both on a five-minute chart. And I usually see them, they, they're obviously inversely related. One ticks up, one ticks down. Every once in a while, there'll be like a few minutes of them like marrying each other and going in the same direction. But on two Wednesdays back to back, the VXX breaks out. And at the same time, the S&P turns around and says, I'm going to break out with you. And they rally the whole day together, hand in hand, tick for tick almost. I've never seen that happen before, ever. It happened two Wednesdays ago and it happened last Wednesday. So I said, that's it. I'm putting my foot down. There's something we're missing. So I don't know what it is. And then the story came out about the billions and billions or whatever. And everybody in the chat room, I've gotten asked at least two dozen times about it. And I got sick of it. So yesterday I just posted a long story about it. So whatever it is, it's happened. If you've read it 10 times from different sources, it's in the price already. So it's not going to have any more damage from here. So don't get wrapped up as to why and just study levels and protect yourself. For example, this morning, this is an important level to hold. And if it fails, expect more downside in a couple of different tranches. We've had, it's a messy chart, I'm sorry, but we've had some clusters of support that were resistance on the way up and they're going to act as support on the way down. So put that on paper, then you become less scared because you have a plan of sorts. So this looks like a head and shoulder of sort, but it's a base that is going to be lost. And if it's going to be lost, it's going to have consequences. Then you evaluate those consequences and you see if your trades can hold up through it. Right. And uh, we have mentioned, I mean, I mentioned uh, Friday's low and uh, several issues. We have not, S&Ps are still 20 handles off uh, Friday's low. And uh, look at some of these stocks. I'll take, I've, Tesla's a little bit uh, uh exception, but uh, still you have Apple still trading well above uh, Friday's low at one ten eighty nine. That's down uh, six uh six dollars and seventy cents at one fourteen twenty six. Uh, Nick, I mean we have you know 
people talk about technicals and then people talk about uh, fundamentals. I know that, you know, in the trades and the stuff that you look at, you like to, you know, figure in some fundamentals. Now, uh, (laughs) tough question here, uh, two months before the election, Hmm. uh, what's your fundamental outlook on uh, how things are? Fundamental on the on the companies, we rallied way too fast. Uh, okay. I'll tell you in very simple terms, really. This is the S&P. I'll take out all the drawings. I'll go to a weekly chart if I can. I'll reset the chart and we'll go like this. So right here. That Make was it the, simple. Thank you. Right. So this is, this is the COVID crash start. We had the best conditions of all time, full employment. And then we got this because we stopped working. That's a normal reaction. We changed the game by saying nobody can make any money. So then that changes the price action. This recovery is too fast. That's number one. Had we stopped here, it would have made sense. Up here doesn't make sense. Up here definitely doesn't make sense because here we still have the worst conditions of all time, maximum unemployment. And uh, you know we did not have a V-shaped recovery in the economy. We had a V-shaped recovery in the stock market and then some. I want to see something scary. This is the COVID crash. We basically doubled the effort from the recovery based on the idea of Zoom. I'm using Zoom as just an indicator of all stocks that have anything to do with anything remote work or whatever, uh, the, the COVID economy. This is ridiculous. I understand potential. I understand Zoom grew, what, 150% or whatever it is. It still has 170 years worth of income priced into its stock price. So Yes, people made money that were long it. The concept's still the same. It's now even more expensive. So th- it just represents how much hope there is in the price of the stocks versus the reality of the economy. The economy is still way worse than this point, way worse, yet we're up here. So who's telling the best story? The, the, the small caps are telling the best story and even they are too expensive. They should have stopped somewhere around here, in my opinion. But they're here and they're more tame in their moves. So, which is unusual. You, you and I know the small caps run faster and, and sometimes uh, sooner, a little bit earlier than the other indices. So, so what's fair value for you? Obviously, 2200 in the S&P, hmm. uh, the market uh, saw, um, you know, we were um, way, way undervalued and 3,500 in the S&P, almost 3,600 people looked at us as that, you know, overvalued. Where, so where's how, fair value? It's, it's a tough numbers. question. I'm telling tough no, questions at you. I'll but answer it for you. Yeah. By, by poking holes into your numbers. Where do they come up with these numbers? When you, when you say a PE, the E disappears when, when the assumption changes completely goes away. I know that for a fact because I had a business that depended on, on the real estate uh, economy in 2008 and I had a great PE <laughs> and then the E disappeared <laughs> in one day. It all disappeared. New Century fell over and I lost the whole business in one day. So PE, the E disappears. So I can tell you where they should stop. So this is the SPX and I have lines where I think would be viable dips. Depends on the way it's falling. This would be probably the, a really good buy, buy the dip. This is where buyers will try to show up again. And this would be the absolute buy the dip because this would be like about 50% of the recovery yeah, exactly. eyeball. It would be the base of this whole rally. This would be the cluster I would buy. And if I look left, this was the top that they beat. Yep. So this makes the best sense. So who cares what the fair value is or somebody at Goldman Sachs tells me fair value is? I don't care what they tell me. This is what's going to happen. Right, using uh, using the technicals. Uh, let's drill down into uh, a few individual stocks here, and I know you're fast on the fly. Uh, Tesla. It it was supposed to go down after the split. It initially went up. I hear some hubbubboo about margins being raised after the split, different things not being added to the <laughs> S&P 500. Okay. I know you can't talk about PE anymore um, in this one. You can talk about price. I can talk about a few things for this sure. one. So first of all, I have an apology to that lady that comes on and put a $4,000 stock price on it. Clearly she had the drop on me. Um, what was impressive in the Tesla is I think the cash from operations changed dramatically. So shorting it became less of a, hey, it's a dying company versus, man, this company is really legit. So uh, 
And then now I'm seeing more ads for home stuff from it, like panels and uh, electricity at home. So, but for, forget all of that. What is it at 358 this morning, right? Uh-huh. Okay, look at that, la- look at the line where my finger is. Look at, look at this one. What do you think this value is? 358. So there are no coincidences. The machines are trading and they will act based on history. What's history? It's the left side of your chart. If you're not looking at what happened last time the price got there, then you're leaving yourself open to vulnerabilities. So this sticks out, this sticks out. Don't care why it's falling. I couldn't believe the rally. Have, have, okay, so look through a thousand charts and tell me what chart looks like this and has that as a base for its rally forward. So if you bought it up here, I don't know your logic because unless you plan on holding it for a hundred years, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure at some point in the near future. I can't tell you when, because I've never seen a chart like this that is a base for more upside like this. So this is just the easy way to think about it. Don't care what it actually can make. Don't care what the PE is right now. I mean, they are experts for that. But if you're using logic for your own self to make a bet on a stock other than trading it for hours. And if you took a trade for hours, you should admit you're lost. Get out now before you carry it all the way down. About that. Yep. Depends yep. on why you bought it. If you bought it for an investment, a dip shouldn't bother you. If you bought it for a trade, you lost. Time to move on. How about, uh, what about the other uh, split, darling? Apple here. Now, this mm-hmm. is comfortably above uh, the low from Friday, and I mentioned this in uh, quite a few stocks. Uh, a little bit different with the P&E, this one, right? Because yeah, they yeah. do make some money. But they started <laughs> to give it like a, a tech-like valuation there. Because one thing that people always say, oh, why does Apple trade at such a low you know, P.E.? It's such a value stock. Uh, well, you got the split. You got the pullback here. Uh, what do you look at? I mean, Friday's low and that whole 110 area is sticking out like a sore so, thumb. Uh, what do you see in Apple? I posted a tweet, I think, sometime this last couple of weeks. I can't remember when. And I got a lot of hate. Uh, that, never ha- that hasn't happened in a long time. When you nitpick on Apple, now people slough it off. But not recently. So I said, if Tim Cook was so great, why is Apple shrinking? So if you look at its met- financial metrics, it's not doing any better. It's got some negative numbers in there. So... If you're on a compare, this is a great Tim Cook, greatly appreciating Apple. I still contend it would have done just as well without a head. So here are the metrics on Apple that bother me. This one right here, the PE, I understand that this is a different company. It's not twice as different from a few months ago because this number used to be 18. Uh, the, the trailing 12 months, there's no forward estimates. This is actual 12 months of numbers. The trailing 12 months used to be 18, 16 to 19, and now it's double. So, okay, but it's still an iPhone company. They don't need the iPhone sales because they have services, but all of their services, almost all of it, depend on the iPhone, I bet, one way or another. So take out the iPhone, and they don't have any of those services. It's a completely an iPhone company. Yes, they sell Macs and all of that, but for all intents and purposes... Uh, price to sale of eight is not dirt cheap, but it's not a deal breaker. So it's not that exciting from that standpoint, but arguably it's still the best company on the planet. So I'm not telling you it's going out of business. I'm just telling you how much excitement there should have been in this spike or shouldn't have been in this spike. I don't understand the phenomena of chasing uh, splits, except from a trading perspective. And what is shocking is how the media uh, it reminded me like the day after the Trump election, the day, the evening of they were making fun of him like he was an idiot and how, you know, they, they shouldn't have gone down this road and all of that. The day after they just flipped the switch and just continued on like nothing has happened. Same here. They spend decades telling us how you have to do your homework and don't chase splits and don't chase headlines. And suddenly Jim Cramer is doing specials on how to chase splits and how to trade like a Robin Hood trader. Which he and then he does a special on how to trade before the market opens, which he used to call pajama morons, pajama trader morons, or whatever he did. So something has changed and whacked everybody out. This is where I say, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> he's trying to he's trying to compete with uh, Ben Zinger's pre-market prep show. Right there, you go. He's trying to be hip with the time, right? 
So right. you guys come out here and talk charts, talk fundamentals, specific this, specific that. You're not chasing a meme. So you're probably dealing with it and seeing how we can work with it, but you're not propagating a meme and you're not, you know, telling me zero hedge article this and which is freaking bizarre. I yeah. mean, I got so pissed off this weekend. I was like, you bombarded from left and right. Hey, did you read this article? And everybody has to attach this thinking article. So it's just really bizarre. Right. Right. I mean, you, there's a lot of different factors out there and you might've been having these kind of market conditions regardless, right? After the kind of rub, everyone likes to try and apply something, you know, after the fact to say, this is the reason uh, if they were, you know, selling stocks or tech stocks or whatever, it could be part of the climb. But as you were talking about um, a lot of other factors, so what just go back to the S&P here and then we'll go to the chat. Um, you got to think about the old, old time high, right? I mean, it's kind of like we're in a reset here. We, that was right around 33.95. You know, you got way above it, almost to 3,600. Uh, it's hard. You don't have an exact level here, but uh, how do you, you know, look and laugh and saying, okay, you know, let's take off that part of the chart. You know, when we, there was a weird breakout, right? We this was. There. I said we, the same thing. It was like, what are you guys are doing? We just have a rampant virus breakout. China's closed for a couple of months at the time, and you're making new highs. This is going to end badly. And this is what happened. So I'm with you. So this whole jag up here maybe shouldn't have existed. So which makes this bottom and this bottom as the interesting area. So let's put it this way. If somehow something happens and price falls into this bottom, I will buy the dip expecting a bounce and if that bounce fails then i will short down to your favorite level of 2500 or this <laughs> okay or whatever because all right would, yeah no i mean i'm gonna have to i have to do some uh, refiguring here but uh <laughs> <laughs> right now i mean just everything and uh you know one one of my uh you know things i like to look at is like friday monday moves and how many times on the way up you know did you have a strong close on friday near the high of the session, take it out on Friday or on Monday, probably in Sunday night, you know, rally Monday, same thing over again. And then now you're kind of, you know, you had that week close on Friday. So, boy, that's just, uh, I, now, I mean, all eyes that for me are 34, 47, 75, uh, you know, basis to dailies. I don't have anything for 20 handles below that. But 20 handles, when you're considering, you know, over a thousand point move, that's not a whole, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, min, you know, minutiae is nothing. All right, let's go to the charts here, Nick. We can keep, can we keep you here for a few more minutes and yes, uh, sure. take a look at MasterCard, MA. Okay. By the way, the bulls are still in charge. They are. Okay. That's just to let you know. Yeah, no. Of the, uh, of I the mean, how can you say, you know, yeah. after, I mean, this is a healthy pullback. There's a lot yeah. of things that you can, I mean, this yeah. is, this is so, needed. This is fodder for the bulls. So MasterCard, I like the company, Visa and MasterCard. I like how they behave. They were like the old Boeing, every dip people buy. But again, I just, if you're not on board up here, you should just admit to yourself, you missed it. Uh, there's, a, there's a point in time where you can chase after the breakout, but at some point it becomes just too late. Uh, so it is in a buy the dip zone. Uh, you could argue that it's somewhere around 321, or you could say it needs to come back down to 312 or so, which these two candles are pretty interesting. How about this one right there? So anywhere around this or to erase that big candle. Don't know if they want to eat all of it. What is it today? I can't remember. Okay, so 334. Yeah, so it's a buy the dip zone. So if somebody's trying their luck at going long MasterCard down here, they're not crazy. The bulls should show up and it will follow the general market. So every stock, regardless of how good it looks, you have to know that it trades inside of a stock market that is not cheap. Mr. Softy. MSFT, Microsoft. Yes, it's almost exactly the same comment. It's falling into a neckline that served as the base for this rally. So if you thought to yourself, oh, damn it, I did not own it here. This is your chance to reload. Actually, it disappeared an hour. What is it today? Uh, whatever. It's down. Oh, uh, down $7. So 207 Okay. So you got your, ch your chance to re-ride the rally. This should hold. It was the base. They probably won't let it go very quickly. And if they do, you know that you have a cluster of support all the way through this line. Look, I have notes to myself to buy the dip. This is probably buy the dip one for somebody who's faster trader. 
who somebody who has some longs and just wants to take another one down here, it would be a good place to do it. How would I do it? Whatever. If you buy stock, you buy stock. If you buy calls, you buy calls. If you sell put spreads, you can sell them down here, create even more buffer. There are all kinds of ways. Okay. All right. What else do we have here um, in the chat? How about, um, how about we do uh, BA, uh, Boeing? Okay. Boeing is back to being a buy the dip company, in my opinion. And um, I've, we've had good calls on it. And the way I would long, I would go long it on bad days. I would sell puts and put spreads into fear uh, because it has a base. So now the, the natural upside, the progression of price is up. Technically, it still has a target above 200 and 300. Um, and I've, I've ridden that ride and now I only have put spreads in it, uh, sold put spreads in it. So I don't want to buy upside hopium until I get a trigger. A trigger would be something, a breach of this prior fail or a breach of that. So if, if you're short, get out when it breaks above this shorter term, definitely get out if it breaks above that. If you want to get long, I would sell put spreads in it and let time do the rest. How about GM? General Motors getting a boost this morning, already on the fade. Uh, yeah, GM uh, uh, investing in Nikola Motors that had faded off uh, fifty-four dollars. Oh, uh, big news, you know, big move for GM. I'm just thinking, for me, you know, can it hold these gains? Out of you know, it's a, it's having a great day. It's hmm. even a greater day when you look at the overall I'm, market. But, thanks for uh, letting me know that I'm long Nikola. So. Uh, yeah, all right, man. Nine million shares have traded up ten bucks and did get up to fifty-four. But uh, give us your thought on those two stocks, and then we'll let you go. Well, Nikola, I hated the guy. I hated the stock. Uh, uh, the when he came out, I hated his message. But then I liked the chart, and I went long the chart the day before they popped. Like usually, I forget what the news was. Something about a garbage truck orders. So. We, I shared a long Nikola the day before and the next day that breakout happened. So I haven't looked at that trade for a while. So today it'll probably be, be nice. Uh, GM, I said I wanted to go long something American and I chose Ford under seven and then um, I bought leaps and then it rallied to over seven. So I like GM. I don't like the start here because this was the um, a, a breakdown area not just one line, you know, several lines. So onus is on the bulls to be able to maintain that dollar in something that they're rallying right now, because this, uh, whatever this high here is still in the face of it, at 31.70. So this morning's battle is important because it looks like higher lows butting up against a, um, a failing line of prior fail. So onus is on the bulls to take it out. And if they can, they can overshoot. So expect some resistance all along these lines there. Let me see if I have any lines on there. All no, right, I, I Nick, do, but uh, Nick, thanks a lot for doing overtime today here. Uh, sure. On Benzinga's pre-market prep show. Uh, enjoy your, uh, your, your calm demeanor here um, in these markets and uh, excellent charts, excellent things uh, to, to look at. So we're gonna let you go here and uh, we are going to bring in uh, Triple D here. He did uh, raise his hand. Triple D, everyone wants to know how you're doing here <laughs> on this crazy Tuesday morning. Been doing better. It's one of those disaster management days. And you, you know what? I thought I was top? hedged. I was like, I feel like I'm pretty good hedged. I had like about 70 positions coming in, a lot of tech longs, and I had some tech shorts. So I thought I was pretty good hedged, but there's a lot of tech stocks that are just trading higher. And like in, you know, you can look around, maybe not higher, but higher to, relative to where the Qs are as 3.3%. There's a lot of tech stocks that aren't down that much. So it's been a really weird rotation today. It's one of those days that you just have a hard, it's hard to get a feel for it. I mean, it was clear rotation out of tech and into value earlier. And now they've started smacking value around a little bit here. You've seen, you know, the IWM come down about 1% since about an hour ago. So you're starting to see, you know, the value start to get hit. And you're starting to see the little buy the dip mentality into tech. I mean, I look at Apple here now. It's about three bucks off the lows. Yep. Um, so it, it's 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 a weird day. And you're trying to just, you know, move and, you know, do the index herb. And it, it's been one of those days that <laughs> I wish I would have stayed in bed longer. <laughs> 
or but, yeah, it, as we get closer to the open. Uh, you know, the news out. Uh, were, were you um were you at your screen uh, for any of the Tesla action? Uh, I'm not sure exactly. What yeah, that on was. Friday night. Yeah, like uh, what happened was they added Etsy, Teradyne, and CTLT to the S and P, and there was no. Uh, Tesla to be found so that's why they really smacked Tesla I mean interesting enough you can look at the action Etsy and Teradyne and you know maybe you can blame it on the market but like I've been saying it's not always a slam dunk that you get out of the S&P that should go up anyways here's Teradyne yes the market is beating it up but it's down even more than the market it's down two percent here this morning Etsy is trying to hold the gains they were buying this up over 120 on Friday night because it was out of the S&P, but the index effects is what matters more than anything. I mean, with Tesla, it's going to be a little bit different because it'll be such a large component if it does eventually get to add to the S&P. But in some cases, you can get added to the S&P and it's actually a net sell on the, on the index herbs because they might have been a bigger component in the S&P index that they're coming out of. So that math can add up to a sell on some of these, you know, when they're just becoming small components in the S&P 500. So it's not necessarily just they go up for sure if they get out of the S&P 500. But investors obviously very disappointed that Tesla was basically slapped in the face here because everybody thought that S&P was gonna, that was gonna be the next big ad. They had three companies, I mean, they had Etsy. So they were saying, hey, we're not gonna just, you know, add it just because, you know, you're telling us to do it. And it was basically telling the market that the S&P is gonna add it when they're ready to add it. So I think it was even the adding of the Etsy, I think is a little bit of a slap in the face to the Tesla shareholders. And they're spanking the stock for it. Should it be down 55 bucks on it? I mean, Tesla's all story, right? So the story today is, okay, it didn't get out of the S&P 500, so let's sell it. But I think you're gonna get a bounce here um, eventually. It's, it's, it's 500 down to 360, you've had a significant sell off. Valuation makes zero sense. It's always made zero sense, so you can't look at it that way. Is the story just cooled off? Or is it starting to break? I mean, that's the question on a lot of these tech names. They've had some incredible runs. We've had some profit taking here the last few days. Um, I agree with Nick. I was listening to him. I think the bulls are still in control here. So I'm not you know, throwing in the towel on all the tech longs, but cautious on the buy the dips. I'm, I'm being very selective. I did buy some rocket. I think I might even nibble some more rocket here today because I bought a partial piece. I might buy more of a piece here today. But you know, have your list have the list of stocks that you're interested in in buying on a pullback and respect valuation to a certain extent. You know, you've got to not just look and say, okay, well, you know, I'm going to trade a hundred times. I'm going to, I'm going to buy Shopify on the dip because I know what's coming right back. I mean, you know, valuation's a major issue here. So it could take a while before it comes back. The dust definitely hasn't settled, but this morning um, I am seeing, you know, you can come in here and say, what a disaster. I'm seeing different though. I'm seeing buy the dip mentality coming in the last hour. Does it hold to, you know, give us that rip and roar and rally that we had Friday afternoon when obviously all the tech stocks were destroyed and then some of them actually closed green? That's still to be determined. But I'm more inclined to buy the dip today than I was on Friday because I have an out. And, you know, if you're buying the dip on exactly. any tech stock, yep. if you're buying the dip on any of these, like Apple, for instance, I would stop myself out at the 110.89 low. I don't want to see it breach that. So stop yourself out on the Friday lows. If you're looking, you know, you might challenge the low on a few of these stocks here today, but I am seeing buyers emerge here in the pre-market at those lows. A few of those stocks were hitting the lows from Friday and they've been bouncing off those lows. So that's the first technical levels for all the day traders out there. For the longer term investors, remember, you know, you, it's not, you can always cut losses there too. You don't have to hold your losers forever. Is, uh, is uh, this finally, finally going to the catalyst for GM that everyone's been waiting for for who knows how long here? We have faded off the pre-market high. Uh, Nicola did, Nicola did get a nice move off that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Is this, is this a catalyst? Is this a catalyst that GM has been looking for for years? Oh, I don't think so. I think they're just buying it because it's got a story and they're like, oh, boom, look at GM getting involved in electric cars. I think the GM rally was to be faded. It got up over 32 and a half. Does this turn the company around? I mean, GM's going to be coming out with their own electric cars as well. Is this a game changer for them? I think not even close. So when they were rallying GM 9% this morning, I know it's still up six. I think that's a gift. I think it's a gift to the longs. The GM story isn't terrible though either. You know, you have to consider that they are going to be come out, 
you know, with a lot of electric vehicles. It's not just going to be Tesla's, you know, shop just to, to, you know, take control. Yes, they have 40% of the market, but that market share is going to decline over time as there's more and more competitors coming in. So, you know, yes, it's good for Nikola for sure. You know, you see Nikola, this is a big vote of confidence for a company that, you know, needed a vote of confidence because it was somewhat out of favor. But when you look here at GM getting a 9% pop because they're investing a small piece and, and doing a, a deal, you know, with Nikola, I think that's way overdone. So I'd be inclined to take profits if I was in General Motors. But again, you had lots of support down in the 30s. So was this, you know, just the catalyst to break the stock out? That's something to think about, too. So I don't think I'm going to short. I wouldn't be shorting the stock here. Um, maybe a buyer of pullbacks if it got back down to the 30 area. But whenever something pops 9% on a stock like GM, I mean, it sometimes takes GM a month to move 9%. It gives it to you <laughs> overnight. I book profit. Yeah. Okay. Um, any just uh, final comments here? We kept uh, we're a little, running a little bit over today, but people were wanting to know what Triple D had. Uh, I'm glad to see a things. little bit of a disaster day. Um, I had some pretty good Friday night trades. I thought, and I thought I had some pretty good positions in those. Um, my hedges just aren't working out as well as I would have liked, so that's a little bit of an issue. But I mean, this goes with trading. You're going to have good days and you're going to have bad days. I try to trade market neutral, so it's not so much that the market sold off. It's that maybe my hedges weren't as good as I, as nice as I would like them to be. So I'm not just like, oh, I bought a whole bunch of tech stocks and we're hoping they go up and they're going down today. It's nothing like that at all. I don't trade like that. I trade market neutral where I try to eliminate the market risk. Like I was looking overnight and thinking, I don't know if I want a market rally or a market sell-off. I was looking at my positions because I was very hedged. But just so happens there's a few of my stocks that are just really getting smacked around. And there's a couple of my stocks that aren't selling off as much as I thought they should. So it's one of those days and those days happen. You still it, bounce back. It was kind of interesting because, uh, you know, I, I saw the, you know, the week open and then, you know, you came back with buy the dip and then I came back with sell the rep and I didn't, obviously know that you were like buried or else i wouldn't have you well, know i didn't know I, even i didn't know what to cheer for i was watching you know the action you know yesterday and the action today and i'm seeing the market rally and i'm like i don't know if that's good for me or bad for me in my overnight positions <laughs> because I, I i really felt like i was hedged really well so but you know the, the onslaught here a little bit i i get smacked around tesla a little bit because the qqqs have three percent and when you have a component moving down 15 percent you know, that's a huge, huge part. And that's why the QQQs are actually lagging the XLK by about 0.5% because Tesla's down so much. So, you know, when you're doing index ARB, you got to know those components. And when you see something move over 10%, it can have an outsized effect on the index as well. So I had some QQQs kind of trading reverse XLK and that didn't work out. XLK is loaded up with Apple, but Apple's obviously not down, you know, it's, it's down more just market effects as opposed to Tesla, which is really getting smacked. So... Yeah, what about Tesla not getting out of the S&P? I know that that was your setup. You had that trade in your mind. You were, you know, you were looking for that. You had the split. Uh, yeah, I wanted to short it into it. <laughs> we know that. I've been talking about right. Tesla and we didn't into get it. it. Um, I, I, you know, and obviously, fast money was thinking. You know, Friday night it went really fast. I mean, I'm sure if you were thinking about it in the first 30 seconds, you probably could have got a nice short off on Tesla knowing that Etsy, Teradyne, CTLT, but I'm first like, just like looking, whoa, look at Etsy take off. I'm like, oh, it's getting out of the S&P 500. And you know, and you're thinking about it and then you're like, wait a second, where's Tesla? It's not getting out. And then you look, it's already down 20 bucks. And I was like, okay, well, some people obviously had you on that trade. I'm like, do I want to smack it down $20? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. And then it's down 30. And then, you know, the market it stayed down 30 for both the entire session. And now it's down 60. So a bit of the, the tech wreck, you know, hitting it even harder, but it's hard to sell something 20 points in the hole and you know, I think it might go down 60. I mean, it might bounce back too. So anyways, it's, okay. uh, it's been an interesting, let's say a couple of hours here for me in the pre-market. Obviously I apologize for not being able to do the show. It's buried with trades and some days, you know, when you get buried with trades, you got to obviously, you know, take care of that first. Yeah. We'll get that shovel back out and uh, dig yourself. To do. Dig yeah. ourselves out of a hole here today. <laughs> it's a pretty I'll, good sized hole I'm looking at right now. So yeah, and I'll talk. Days. I'll talk to you at like nine fifty, and you're like, yeah, I ended up I'm making you know forty two dollars and eighty seven cents. I like got that. out of it somehow. I don't know. If I'm yeah, this one, Joel. yeah. This was a pretty good mess. It's gonna take some real uh, interesting trading to try to get out of this mess that I've got myself into. Well. 
Well, it's a good lesson. You know, sometimes a break even or even slightly in the green is a great day. Sometimes, sometimes. losing a lot of money is a great day if you didn't lose a, a real lot of money. So, you know, I've had great days where you just lose a little bit of money when you should have lost a lot of money. And it might be one of those days. I'm going to try to just lose a little bit of money today. And, you know, you, and, and you've got to, you know, be able to take the winning trades with the losing trades, the winning days with the losing days. People have started in the last month and are, you know, or in the last few months and are long only traders, you know, are, haven't really seen, you know, where, oh my goodness, I can lose money in this because it's been a straight up market and that doesn't last. You know, markets oscillate, they go up and down. It's been a very nice market if you're a long only trader. Um, you know, I love the, into the down markets. You know, fr Friday, just put it in perspective, was my best day in two months. So, you know, a, a, day, a day like this usually would be pretty good for me too. I just was positioned wrong overnight. If the volatility keeps up, it's not out of realm of possibility that I could get the money back because there's so much volatility here and I live on volatility. So, um, but you know, it, it, I'm starting from a pretty, pretty big hole today. So I'm not, one of my uh, we, daily uh, winning streaks might be uh, in jeopardy. In here. jeopardy here? Okay. Yeah, I've been on a roll, man. I haven't had, I'd have to go look at the sheets. <laughs> don't say had, it, don't say it. I, don't I know. I think I've only had one losing day in the last two months or three months. So it's been rolling. So I don't know if I'm going to get back this time, though. Okay. <laughs> well, I got a lot of work to do. A lot of All work right. Do. Well, we'll let you get back to work, and uh, we'll be back to normal on Wednesday. So I will check in with you in a little bit. Um, all the information, material, and or content contained in this program is for informational purposes only. Investing in stocks, options, futures is not suitable for all investors. Please consult your own independent financial advisor before making any investment decisions. Uh, rounding out the market here, that pre-market low 33.63, uh, we'll be looking for a test of that and a bounce, still holding above Friday's low. So for me, that's the line in the sand, whether you're looking at uh, individual stocks or you're looking at you know the indexes. Uh, we got some earnings after the close with Lululemon and Slack. On tomorrow's show, we will have Frank Holmes, the creator of the Jets ETF, and uh, join Mitch and I on the same channel, same airways again at 3:40 this afternoon. While we will wrap up this wild session on Wall Street. Thanks all for joining us. Back with you at 3:40.